And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. And again, there's a lot to get to today. So we'll we'll just start off with what could possibly go wrong. The largest healthcare provider in New York has now fired 1,400 employees for refusing the vaccine. 14, 1,400 people have now just in New York, 1,400 people. New York is already a place where hospitals are refusing to deliver babies. By the way, add that as an extra positive for the COVID fiasco. More and more people are realizing that having your babies at home is actually a better thing than going to the hospital. Um, probably been really good for midwives and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> 1,400 employees have been fired. Wow. It's uh, Northwell Health, the largest healthcare provider in New York, fired 1,400 employees after they refused to get vaccinated for COVID. And that mandate went into effect on September 27th. And, and this is just the latest round of this. That's the thing is it's been happening in New York and elsewhere for a while now. But 1,400 people. Whoa. You're going to see some interesting stories out of New York about people not getting care. I have more later. Uh, we ended up finding out like how many people are not getting cancer treatments and, and surgeries and things like that because of COVID. It's crazy stuff. All right. So I wanted to wanted to start with this because I think that this is obviously an important story. And I went on a bit of a rant yesterday. I'll probably turn that into its own video and its own podcast. Um, when you have... The federal government now saying that angry parents who are at school board meetings or who show up, you know, outside of school board members' houses and demand answers and demand to be heard and things like that, that somehow that is domestic terrorism, while at the same time, government officials in that administration are saying, yeah, you know, it's it's not really a big deal if somebody chases down some senators on their boat or in a bathroom or on the airplane. That's not a big deal. It's not, I, you know, I don't endorse the 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 pretender in the White House said that he doesn't endorse those tactics, but they happen to everybody. No, they don't. You don't get chased around by your constituents. That does not happen to everybody. It is a very rare occasion, which is why it's always news when it happens. And, you know, this happened to, uh, was it was it Josh Hawley? It might have been Tom Cotton. Uh, it happened to them not that long ago, and their wife was home alone, and they were throwing things at the windows. And liberal news media basically was like, well, you know, hey, that's a part of being a public figure. No, it's not. That is not a part of being a public figure. That is not acceptable behavior. It's not okay. Uh, there was a little while ago where Ben Shapiro was cornered by another, um, well, right-wing, I, I don't know if I want to label him as a conservative, but right-wing, um, you know, online streamer who was harassing Ben Shapiro when he was with his family and when he was with his kids. And sorry, that's not okay. It's not an okay tactic. There are platforms and there are forums for you to have those debates and those discussions. When somebody is at home, that is not one of those places. And when somebody's with their family, that is not one of those places. And, you know, throwing things at people who are just trying to have a meal or have a drink after work or something like that, and, you know, chasing down their kids and their, their wives and throwing stuff at their house, that is not acceptable behavior. And to pretend otherwise is what should concern you because there was a point in this country that wasn't all that long ago where if anybody did that, 
everybody would have called them out and would have been right to do so. But now we're at a point where as long as they're doing it to the other side, then I'm okay with it. And let's not forget, we have members of Congress who actively called for this stuff to happen. So the lemmings are just going out there and doing the bidding of of their masters. Their masters say, get in their faces, harass them, don't let them go to the grocery store, don't let them do this, don't let them do that. And that's exactly what they're doing. What I don't think they realized was that that was going to boomerang on them. And when people who are Democrats or liberals who may take a different position on a particular bill, like Manchin and Cinema have, they've both been tried, they've tried to be fiscally you know, responsible for liberals. But they still vote with the party the vast majority of the time. Now, how many times have we documented Man- Manchin does not not vote with the Democrats. Cinema does not not vote with the Democrats. But there are certain occasions when it comes to spending bills where they will part ways. And that's it. And so now the boomerang effect has come out. You told them to go do that with Republicans and conservatives and Trump supporters. And now they're doing it to Democrats. And and those same Democrats are going, eh, not a big deal. Well, eventually it's going to happen to Nancy Pelosi. It has happened on a small extent. But, you know, I'd like to point out that when you have one or two Republican or conservative media people who show up at Nancy Pelosi uh, at, at, you know, not necessarily her house, but her office or something like that, and they try to corner her on this, there is wide-ranging outrage about this all over the liberal news media. And it's insane to think about this. We have just confirmed to run the Bureau of Land Management, one of the, the unfortunately, way too powerful bureaucracies in, in the government, one of the most abusive bureaucracies in the government, And a domestic terrorist has now been confirmed to run that organization. Somebody who spiked trees many, many years ago, and people go, oh, that was a long time ago. Okay, I'm I'm sorry, domestic terrorist. So domestic terrorist now runs the Bureau of Land Management. They got confirmed. An actual domestic terrorist. And you're calling parents domestic terrorists because they get irritated that their kids are being called racist or their kids are being told they can't succeed because of the color of their skin uh, and a bunch of other stuff? They have a right to be angry. And maybe these parents wouldn't show up at your house with signs outside and protest outside of your house if you didn't cut their microphones off every time they tried to speak. Maybe that would happen. But no, of course. And for the record, I will get... Here's the thing. You've asked me to do it. I've had the video since the day that it happened in Elkhart. Um, I will play a snippet of that video today of what happened at the Elkhart school board meeting when you know one of the board members just kind of went on a, a tangent... Uh, wasn't fact-based, wasn't knowledgeable at all about anything that is going on, but I digress. We'll get to that. So anyway, you've got you've got the, the National School Board Association. They go to the federal government. They go, parents are domestic terrorists. They're, they're doing these, these uh, intimidating acts like showing up at our house. Well, if showing up at somebody's house is intimidating, then wouldn't showing up at a kayak around their boat, wouldn't that be intimidating? Wouldn't be following them into a bathroom, which, by the way, is a crime, uh, recording them. Wouldn't that be intimidation? So theoretically, wouldn't that be a domestic terrorist uh, attack? Well, why is it that the FBI, who was just in Congress, why is it that they admitted that they don't track left-wing violence or domestic terrorism in the United States? They just admitted that. And they will not acknowledge that certain things that are done by national BLM and by Antifa, which are clearly domestic terrorism, They won't acknowledge those as domestic terrorist attacks, but they will mobilize the attorney general's office and the FBI against parents who are really upset that their kids are basically being abused 
by the employees of the parents. They've got a right to be upset. You have a right to send your kid to school without your kid getting brainwashed into thinking that they are either inferior or that they are inherently evil because of how they were born. And they have a right to send their kids to school without their kids being given explicitly sexual content where they, in great detail, describe sexual acts at a very young age. Parents have that right. There's a reason that all of these school boards are going, we are so sorry we didn't know that this was there. Of course you knew it was there. You knew it was there. You just, unfortunately, you've got a bunch of parents who are angry and mobilized now. So the Attorney General's office, of course, is going to look at all of these parents as domestic terrorists. We went over this yesterday. I realize I'm rehashing the same stuff as yesterday, but for those of you who missed it, it's, it's a refresher. Well, there's a response now from the parents. Over 427,000 of them, 427,000 parents have responded to the National School Board Association labeling them as domestic terrorists. Uh, let's see, there's a hysterical and threatening letter written by the National School Board Association President Viola Garcia. In the letter sent to none other than Joe Biden, Garcia accused America's concerned parents of threats, intimidation, and even hate crimes, rising to the level of domestic terrorism for having the gall to speak up at their local school board meetings. Well, you know, some of the kids are speaking up at these school board meetings, too. And they're being ignored. Hey, by the way, what has happened to that teacher at Penn who was, who was uh, being racist towards that, that girl who, who spoke at the school board meeting a couple months ago? What happened to that teacher? I haven't heard anything about that. Hey, Josh, has MNC News covered a, a teacher at Penn being disciplined for being racist towards a student? A little Asian girl? No, no, hasn't has done that, huh? Huh. Interesting. Don't you think? Now, again, I'm not running Penn. But if I were running Penn and one of my students just testified at a school board meeting that a teacher had said the things that she testified he said, I might launch an investigation into that teacher. But then again, I actually care about kids as opposed to many of these other folks. So this week, however, the leaders of almost two dozen parent organizations fired back with a scathing letter of their own. The letter was written on behalf of members of several parent organizations made clear that the NSBA's claims of hate and terrorism are shameful. Uh, NSBA cites a tiny number of minor incidents in order to insinuate that parents who are criticizing and protesting the decisions of school boards are engaging in or may be engaging in domestic terrorism and hate crimes. NSBA even invokes the Patriot Act, the Association of Legitimate Protests with Terrorism and Violence, reveals both your contempt for parents and your unwillingness to understand and hear the sincere cries of parents on behalf of their children. To equate parents with terrorists dishonors the thousands of victims of actual terrorism around the world. You have, no, have you no shame? Well, good for them. Good for them. See, here's, here's the thing. Big bad government is about to learn that parents are no longer just occasionally concerned parents and they're talking about it on the soccer field. No, parents are organized now and they're ticked off. And as I've said multiple times, rightfully so. Did you guys see the uh, Secretary of Education the other day? It was asked by our very own senator, Senator Braun. He was was asked if, if parents had a right to basically be the arbiters of their kids' education as the ones who were the most invested in their kids' education. And the Secretary of Education would not say yes. Isn't that interesting? 
No, no, parents have a role, but they're not the, the primary. No, no, no. They have an interest, but they're not the primary interest. No, no. This goes back to this whole idea that your kids are not yours. Your kids are theirs, and they get primary say over how your kid is educated because you can't be trusted with it. So, again, one of the things that they're going to end up learning here, and they've never had to deal with it before. You know, a lot of these uh, a lot of these school boards, I've been talking about school boards for 15 years and how the dumbest people in the world get elected to school board because it's, honestly, it, it's serious. I don't know how else to describe this. You know how many school boards I have covered over my life that, People got elected because they belonged to book clubs. And we already know what happens at book clubs. The ladies don't read any books. Josh, do you think the ladies actually read books at book clubs? No, they don't. They talk about a book, and then they suck down a bunch of wine and maybe pop a couple of oxys, and they have a good time. Okay? Nothing wrong with that, by the way, as long as you do it responsibly. The kids are at school. You're okay. But that's their little social circle. And their social circle typically has money. And then they go ahead and they make up some signs and they decide that they're going to be involved instead of doing PTA, usually because they lost control of the PTA to a much better parent. Now they're going to, I'm just going to get on the school board then. And it just becomes a popularity contest. And that's why you tend to, by and large, certainly not everybody, but you tend to in school boards all across the country, get the dumbest idiots elected to school board. And those are the people responsible for being the gatekeepers of your child's education. And again, not all of them, but large swaths of school boards all across the country are full of idiots. But they've always been ignored. Nobody has ever really paid attention to it. School board meetings used to have two people showing up, if anybody. And they would post the minutes somewhere, and nobody would ever read it. What's happening now? School boards have overflow traffic of people in there. Not everybody can get into the school board meetings Parents are being sent outside. Kids are being sent outside. Concerned citizens are being sent outside. And school boards are shutting off microphones. They're not used to this. And because they're not used to this, they're calling parents domestic terrorists. All parents want you to do is stop teaching their children that they're racist or that they can't succeed because they were born the wrong skin color and stop teaching them graphic pornography inside the classroom. That's not so hard. You can't teach Huckleberry Finn But you can have a mandatory reading assignment, which involves a girl providing explicit detail of a male sexual encounter's anatomy and what she did with it. That's acceptable. But you can't have Huck Finn. God forbid you should teach Shakespeare nowadays. Shakespeare is white, by the way, Josh. So you can't teach Shakespeare. I thought the earring in his ear would have been good enough to get him a pass, but apparently not. So good for these parents. Is at least 427,000 parents responded to this. Basically, screw you. Gonna call us domestic terrorists? All right. Guess we're going to have to show up at uh, not just your house, but now your grocery store. And your pet groomer. Because let's be honest, everybody on the school board has a pet groomer. Not that there's anything wrong with pet groomers, but let's be honest. It's a luxury for most people. They got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Man, you thought things were bad in the military. They just continue to get worse. Just worse and worse and worse. Not only do we have Afghan 
uh, Afghanis in Indiana. For those of you who don't know, the, the Afghanis who were brought to Indiana, they've been given measles and mumps vaccines and everything else. The COVID vaccine has been made available to them, Josh, but it's not required. It's been made available to them. However, if you come from any other country on Earth and you're flying into the United States, you're required to be fully vaccinated. But the Afghans, they they don't have that. The illegal immigrants on the southern border, they don't, they don't have that. I just found out something else. A major general ordered 50-plus evacuees from Afghanistan off of one of the last flights out of Kabul to make room for... Any guesses, Josh? That's right. That's a great guess. Josh said a Taliban souvenir, and he guessed it. So 50 people fleeing for their lives at Kabul airport in Afghanistan were taken off of a flight. They were already on the plane. They were removed from the plane so the major general could could take home a souvenir from the Taliban. You know what that souvenir was? It was a Toyota Hilux, which, by the way, is a fantastic truck that you usually can't buy in the United States. It was a Toyota Hilux, which was still had a mounted machine gun on it. So after they got the Toyota onto the aircraft, they were able to get some of the people back on the aircraft, but not everybody. So who knows how many of them got out or how many of them have been killed now. I One of the last planes out, and you, you get taken off of an airplane for a souvenir. Major problems in leadership in our military right now. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. MNC News Time is 3.32. It's time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Don't forget, we're live streaming on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Hit that subscribe button, too, please. Share it with all of your friends. I would, uh, would greatly appreciate that. So we got past the mic on Friday. Now, pass the mic on Friday, noon at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. I know that it feels like we just had to pass the mic, and and we did at the beginning of September. Usually we do this once a quarter, but we we wanted to do something um, in October, and they wanted this around my birthday. They just This is their idea, by the way. Just want everybody to understand that. Their idea was to do a pass the mic and celebrate my birthday. And nothing says celebrating Casey's birthday and John, my boss, can attest to this, like making Casey work an extra two hours that day that he normally would not have to do. So that's what we're going to do is pass the mic on Friday at noon. There will be drink and food specials and there will be cake, which I'm actually fairly excited about. Uh, but we're asking you to bring a non-perishable food item and we're going to collect all of that stuff together and we're going to donate it to a local food bank. And this this Friday at Pass the Mic, here's what I am doing. I am going to do a very special expose on actual mask science, some of which you've heard on this show, a lot of which you've never heard before. And it is imperative, if you are at all interested in this, whether you're a parent fighting this in your schools, whether you are a, a public official or, or what have you, or just an issue that interests you, it is imperative that you show up on Friday at noon at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill in Mishawaka because I will be going over a lot of information here. All of it. All of it. Scientific research, clinical research, clinical trials, peer-reviewed studies. 
None of it is blog stuff. None of it's social media stuff. It's all actual research. And some of it you've heard before. Some of it you have not. That is this Friday at noon, Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Come join us for my birthday party. Okay. Um, no, I will not be. No. People are asking if I'm going to teach twerking over at the uh, past the mic. My, my Discord server has found the old video of me twerking. And, and they have not let me live it down yet. So problems in being in the uh, the public eye. Uh, all right. So here's here's something that's interesting. Um, secession. I think New Hampshire is like pushed a pushed a bill or introduced a bill to secede from the, from the union. Uh, this this comes up all the time. There's always a state out there that wants to leave the United States. And New Hampshire is like the latest one. There was a poll that was done here recently that found a majority of Trump supporters in that poll, okay? I don't think for a second that it's a majority of Trump supporters, but the poll said that a majority of Trump supporters wanted to secede from the United States. They said, I don't really believe that, but go figure. That's what they're saying. I think that most Trump supporters want liberal states to secede, and they want to keep the United States. Uh, but there's an article here on the left's new secession movement, and I thought it was an interesting read because... Honestly, when you look at the activities of blue states in the United States, they're the ones that are pushing the secessionist mentality, which I'm at a point where I don't care anymore. If they want to leave, leave. They're not going to because blue states can't can't survive without red state money. There's a new poll from the University of Virginia's Center for Politics. It finds that large portions of the American public now favor blue and red states going their own way. A large portion of the American public, everybody, left, right, center, now supports red and blue states going their own ways to form separate countries. The survey results, according to political scientist Larry Sabato, highlights the deep, wide, and dangerous divides between Trump and Biden voters um, presaging the new secession movement. But the schism was already evident in the increasing number of states and local officials enacting laws and policies that ban travel and restrict commerce with other American places with governments that they object to. Now, this is this is what I find so interesting about this. Now, here's here's what you have. OK, this is just a reality, not my opinion. Blue states are constantly passing laws or trying to pass laws that get overturned by the courts that take away constitutional rights. Red states don't do that. Blue states do that. Red states, by in general, their state legislatures don't do that sort of thing. But blue states do it on a regular basis, particularly with the Second Amendment. But it's not just with the Second Amendment. It's with other amendments as well. So blue states keep doing that. Blue states keep telling people that they're not going to import products from certain states. They're not going to allow... Uh, government trans, uh, transport to certain states, all, by the way, in violation of interstate commerce and, and the union, if you will. And all of this stuff is, again, it's designed to isolate you. How many times will these voter, these voter laws get passed, right? So you do these voter laws, you pass these voter laws, then all of a sudden California says, well, we're not going to ever allow anybody from our government uh, to have a government flight to your state ever again until you repeal this law blatantly unconstitutional certainly 
something that is very problematic, obviously not unifying. But because you don't like the laws in another state, you then basically break off relations from that state. Now, of course, they won't break off drastically needed imports. So if California, for example, really, really hates uh, uh, Florida, California can't supply the number of oranges that California needs without Florida. California makes their own oranges, too. Don't get me wrong. But Florida, again, is is the big supplier there. So, so California would probably still want those oranges from Florida. They just won't allow their governments to work together on anything because, you know, stuff and things. But this is a very interesting article. It was in, in cityjournal.org where they go through the various activities of these states, almost exclusively blue states, and how they're basically just moving away from the United States. And look, as I've said before, I'm at a point now where I, I don't think that I really care all that much if they did decide to do that. I don't know what that would look like because you're dealing with coasts versus the majority of the country in the middle um, so there's like a pocket of blue states here, a little pocket of blue states in the middle, and then there's a pocket of blue states there on the East Coast, and everywhere else is red. So I don't know exactly how that would look per se. I don't think that blue states in the United States would want to split off into three or four different countries. I think they'd want to be unified, but that can't really happen considering the geography involved. But it is a very interesting article. So I'm going to put it in the Daily Show prep. It's a bit of a read. Uh, It's not the worst, but it is interesting how they went through all of these travel bans and, you know, breaking business ties and all of that other stuff just because a state government doesn't like what another state government has done. And they're violating the spirit of interstate commerce, violating the spirit of of it being a joint union and not a confederation. And it is interesting to kind of watch this play out because blue states are acting very much like they want to secede. Uh, even though red states are the ones that tend to introduce legislation to actually do that. But blue states are behaving as if we were still a confederacy, as opposed to the constitutional republic that we are. Kind of interesting read on this. So I I don't know that a lot of people pay attention to it, but you should definitely read this because it goes through a, a list of stuff that has been happening over the past several years, particularly during COVID. Because I, I encourage you to take a look at it, including travel bans from certain states and that sort of stuff. Um, it's just insane, insane stuff, but it almost exclusively comes from blue states. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. What do we have here? Um, has anybody asked why it is that illegal immigrants are still trying to come to the United States? Why, why are the Haitians who left Haiti two years ago, why, why are they just now trying to get to the United States? Why, Josh, why would you ever want to come to the United States if it is so racist? If you're not a white person, why would you not want to come here? Or why would you want to come here, I should say? Honestly, 
if everything the United States does is evil and horrible and we we only treat minorities in the worst possible fashion, why are are people all over the world putting themselves and their families' lives in jeopardy just to get here? You know, it's it's a lot easier for some of these folks to go to European countries. Honestly, I, I don't think I don't think uh, they would have some of the issues that they think they're going to have in the United States. They come, they're so angry, and they're like, oh, America is so racist, I can't wait to get there and live a much better life because my country is a bleephole country. I always find this to be really interesting. And when you continue to have these, these massive surges of illegal, illegal immigrants across the southern border, um, we're going to go ahead and, and the former Border Patrol chief, I mean, he had some very interesting things to say about this because he warned the Biden administration, what was going to happen. We all knew what was going to happen if Biden got into the White House. But he says he specifically warned that administration what was going to happen if they changed the policies from the Trump policies. And wouldn't you know it? It happened exactly like the illegal immigration expert predicted. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Hey, join us online. Follow me on Telegram at Casey the Host and on Rumble at Casey the Host. Rumble.com slash Casey the Host to watch the live stream. More coming up next.